The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsor. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the the Father. I can talk. I can. Through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, smooth operator. Yeah, did that before, huh? Yeah, that's what the shaving commercial used to say, right? That makes sense. Because, what we didn't cover the other day, we're going to cover today, there are smooth speakers who have an unearthly ability to turn wicked people even further away from God's covenant and turn those people to greater godlessness. We're going to review that. Next, have you ever felt like you were operating at a deficit? I know I have, but that's okie-dokie, a theological term. Perhaps you are not the wisest person around. Neither am I. Nor are you the most powerful person around. Neither am I. And uh, nor are you the most apt person around. Neither am I. But the greatest part about that is that is exactly how God wants it. When we're operating in weakness, he's operating in fullness. And finally, Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Charlie says, it really rings a bell. Yeah, there are too many moments when we think that it's all about what we can bring to the table. And that's wrong. It's just coming to the table that counts. For the rest of what is needed, God will provide it. And he comes behind no one. And he comes behind nothing. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Always a good thing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is nueve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now you can reach out to us by sending an email, david at hemustincrease.org. When you send that email, it comes to my $1.19 Chromebook right here. I get emails every day. You can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can even call us at 972-445-0770. And when you call, Terrific T will answer the phone, and that's terrific. And that's why you can call 972-445-0770 and be a part of everything. Now, what's the point for all that? The point is you might have an opinion, a comment, a thought, a question. You might have an answer to Bible trivia, a praise report, a prayer request. You might want to bounce a question off of other Christians just to get an idea. All of those things are available as long as everybody's operating in this same understanding. Our goal is not to rip apart other people. 
Our goal is not to cut down everybody who's in a different denomination. Our goal is to strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. You're talking to somebody who was born and raised, or you're listening to somebody who was born and raised Jewish, and then went on to get a Baptist, Pentecostal, and Charismatic ordination with both my, my well, all three now, BA in Ministry and Leadership, Master's in Theological Study, and I'm winding down on my doctorate for Strategic Christian Ministry. Bottom line, we are all who are genuinely authentic believers, brothers and sisters, though we have differences like 12 tribes in Israel, yet one nation, we are here to support and strengthen one another and to bless one another. And in order to do that, you got to be for one another and not against one another. And oh, by the way, there's no better witness. I think we all know John 13, 34, 35, by this shall all men know you are my disciples by your love one for another, not by your denominational choice. Here is your first trivia question. Here we go. True or false? Jesus was so pure, he was never tempted. Jesus was so pure, he was never tempted. Is that true or is that false? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us by... Uh, we do have somebody, uh, I think that we'll have to do, we'll do it later. We, uh, you can reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which, again, leads us to our website where you can receive a free book. Really? Yes, at hemustincrease.org. Org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. Uh, so now do we have somebody that wants to answer the question? Yes, we do. Somebody's going to answer a trivia question. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How you doing? I was praying for you this morning. Just what a blessing you've been for the show, and I really appreciate oh. that. So, Well, thank you very much. You you've are... been a blessing to me. I'm listening. I try to listen every day anyway. <laughs> well, if you listen every day, you, get, you need to get more ibuprofen because <laughs> that's just my take on that. I'm just telling people up ahead of time. All right. True or false, Jesus was so pure, he was never tempted. I think that was false. That is false! Exactly! Right, Amundo! Correct, Amundo! Right, Amundo! Here's the bottom line. If Jesus wasn't tempted, then we and he would not have the connection in some of the struggles that we go through. In other words, if he knew nothing of us encountering fear or anxiety or struggles, then how would he know what it's like? And there is a big school of theology that says while the three temptations are presented in Matthew and in Luke, there's a indication in Hebrews that the temptations may have been deeper or there might have been others unrecorded. And we don't know that but because it says in Hebrews he was in every way tempted like we are, and you don't really get that out of the three temptations. So it's like, wow, but Jesus knows, and that's what he told the church in Revelation, the seven churches, I know what you're going through. And that's a big key. Right? Excellent. How are things otherwise? 
Oh, everything's going okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure. That's all. That's what we do as brothers and sisters. Not a problem. Always a blessing to have you call, by the way. All right. Well, thank you all, and you all have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let me get into the teaching. So, 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 let me get into the teaching. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. By smooth words, he will turn the turn godlessness. By smooth words, he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Listen to this again. Just listen to the words. By smooth words, he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Why is that important? Well, there's many reasons, but smooth words often make for really impacting arguments. Not not that they're true, not that they're right. They're just smooth. And sometimes the way that the press presents things, I think we could all agree, is smooth. And sometimes the way a preacher might present something is smooth. And the problem that Christians need to kind of keep at the forefront of their thinking is that those that are against God's covenant are going to be moved to be even more against God's covenant. One of the things that has come down the prophetic line, even in the Baptist church as well as the Pentecostal churches, is that the wicked are going to be much more wicked than they've been, and there's going to be a greater distinction between believers and non-believers than there ever has before. And you can bet that those who are sheep are going to start to reflect sheep more, and those who are goats are going to start to reflect goats more, and it's going to become so distinct that there will be no question. Those that are against God's covenant are going to be moved to be even more against God's covenant. But the key is for those of us who have a genuine knowledge of the Lord, not a know-of-God knowledge, but a know-God knowledge, to know him, not to know of him, not to know about him in that sense of at a distance. The devil knows that God is real. The devil knows about God, but he doesn't know God. And we have to have that intimate gnosis relationship, a relationship that's defined by contact and by touch. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, depart from me, I never knew you. There's an important element for all of us to understand that the wicked are going to get more wicked. It's the fact that Jesus declared that good and evil will grow together. And I will just simply take you back to the garden where they ate the fruit from the tree of good and evil. And any time good grows, you can count on evil growing right next to it. Get it? All right. I'm going to take a short break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go nowhere. 
The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon Experience? First and foremost, we want to review our most important element of the day, and that is our DNA. Why is DNA important? Because a Christian should know what they're made of no matter what they're going through. Can I say this again as I've said it before? Let me do it real quick. Ready? More news is coming. I know it sounds prophetic, doesn't it? More, even different news today, tomorrow, and the next day, and for the next week, and the next month, and the next year, and the next decade. That's good. Uh, So in lieu of that, we have to have a certain way, and we need to be. Our DNA, Christian DNA, has uh, three elements. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Number two, never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of the Lord and his words. And A, always be ready to serve. Serve. There you go. So it's three simple things. D-N-A. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. I hope you guys are ready. Hope you're ready. Hope you're ready. All right. Where's our, do we have our little horn, our little uh, warning? Uh, Let's play the warning thing real fast. Okay, by now, those of you who have listened to the past know, hmm, better watch this one. And for those that have never listened to the show, I really am just into foghorns. Okay. Uh, who asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? 
Now, the warning comes into this is not a plurality answer. Aha! It's a specific answer. Boy, I'll tell you, Eric didn't wait one second. Good job, Eric. Uh, who asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can air. Uh, what can you do? You can call in. That's one way to do it. 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. And again, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. I do want to have, we do have our, um, you know, our little piece, if I can find it, here it is, uh, that gives everybody kind of a breather in between everything. And uh, this is part two from yesterday. So the, today's Tuesday, right? This is the next day. So we're going to do our part two on what David thinks is funny in regards to theological uh, thoughts by kids. Okay, part two. Okay, so you have a... Uh, it's up to T whether she wants to, <laughs> whatever you want to do, okay? All right, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. This is kids kind of responding theologically, which I always find funny because I'm not sure it's that far off from the adults. Okay, this in re- reference to David and uh, his big fight, they said that David fought the Finkelsteins, not the Philistines, the Finkelsteins, a race of people who lived in biblical times. The Finkelsteins. I don't know what that means. This I thought was great. Solomon had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption. See, they're kids, so they don't know what it all means. Okay. Uh, the people who followed Jesus were called the 13 decibels. <laughs> uh, the epistles were the wives of the apostles. No, that's an old one. Uh, one of the uh, – one. <laughs> I can't even do that one. Paul preached holy acrimony, which is another name for marriage. And a godly person should have only one wife. This is called monotony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Every once in a while, got to have that thing happen right there. Okay. Not over there. Not trying to make this hard question. I just want to make sure you didn't get caught in the plurality of it. Uh, the trivia question was simply, and is simply, who asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother uh, when he sins against me? Uh, up to seven times, and then the, the question was answered. So it's one specific disciple that asks it. I just don't want you to come back and say, the disciples, because it's not. It's one of them. And it's probably the one that you think it is. It's probably the one off the top of your head. Who would be in such a way to ask that kind of question? That That's probably where you're going to end up where the answer is. If you want to call in, you can. Otherwise, we're going to the next teach. It's 972-445-0770. Texts are coming in from all over. You can also text 214-210-8483. And here we go to the next teaching. Judges chapter 6, verse 15 through 16. Uh, This is Gideon, for those who are trying to figure out. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But I will be with you, the Lord said to him, 
and you will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Small text. We're not going into the depth of the beginning or the back. That's not what I'm trying to pull out of here. We're using the dynamic application principle, the debt principle for teaching. This is, you read this passage and you go, man, how does this apply to me? That's a great, it's a great story. You get into the depth of it. And here you have Gideon, who's not feeling really overly confident on a, on a lot of levels. And you think, you know, there's times where I go through my walk and I don't feel confident. You guys uh, think, well, he gets on the radio and he teaches and it must be easy. Not always. There's sometimes it's not. I mean, it's not like I haven't been a Christian for a long enough time. It's not like I haven't spent an enormous amount of time in the Word, but sometimes you want to communicate the right message the right way with the right spirit. It doesn't always come off perfect. I've watched uh, pastors. I've watched thousands and thousands of sermons and have given thousands of sermons, and uh, sometimes it comes off the right way, and sometimes it's just a little shy. Nobody teaches like Jesus teaches. Nobody teaches as the Holy Spirit has taught since uh, Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. Nobody teaches the way the Holy Spirit does. No human being does what the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit do. I mean, it's never, it doesn't happen. It's never happened. It's never going to happen, okay? And again, nobody can teach better than the—well, the, if, you, if you can't live up to it, then you can't teach it. Well, then nobody should ever mention the gospel because it's beyond every single person ever. So let's just get out of that kind of thinking altogether. Here's what this is saying. Gideon is like, the, how can I do this? My family, we're the weakest— out of the entire 12 tribes, we're the worst. We're the less, least prepared. And I'm the youngest in the house. How am I supposed to do this? So the not the excuse, but the position that Gideon was thinking about himself in was that he was the weakest and the youngest. And that is not really weird in the context that you and I will come before the Lord and we'll offer ourselves to the Lord, but then we recognize what our secret sin is that nobody else wants to talk about. We don't even want to talk about it. We just know it's there. God knows it's there, and we're working on it, and he's you know working on it in us. He's forgiven us, but he's sanctifying us, and he's helping us break through, and you can break through 100%. It does not own you, and God is teaching us that, and some of us, he's taught that, and we've caught that better than others. That's the reality, but we recognize our weaknesses and we recognize our our youth in the in the process that we're doing it. And we come before the Lord, and it's no different than what Moses said. It's no different that that what any of the great people of God said. When Moses was asked to do something, he was like, "I can't talk. How am I supposed to do this?" And that was not the same thing that Jeremiah said. I'm just a kid. I can't do this. Well, it probably sounded like this. I'm just a kid. I can't do this. I mean, it's probably a little different. And everybody goes through that. And here is God's response. Not that that statement is, is in this case, he's not trying to be bad about it. He's like going, we're a mess. And, of course, I'm just going to take a quick acknowledgement for James Robeson's thing when he said that God has uh, can use imperfect vessels. He always has. He always will. That's just look at the disciples. I mean, Peter, James, and John. It's like Larry, Moe, and Curly in so many ways. And just be honest, it is. And, uh, and he goes, I'm the weakest. I'm the youngest. And here's the response. Verse 16 of Judges 6, but I will be with you. And that's the whole of it. 
but I will be with you, the Lord said to him, and you'll strike down Midian as if it were one man. Hey, the ability of Gideon wasn't Gideon's brilliance. It wasn't his wisdom. It wasn't his power. It wasn't his maturity. It wasn't his uh, ability to lift weights. It wasn't his—he uh, wasn't slick. It wasn't anything. The ability that Gideon had was almost useless until you inserted God as a partner. And then he had everything he needed. And that's the key. It's not, you know, can you do this? If there's something the Lord wants you to do and he has poured it into you, if you are partnering with God, it's not a can you because you have to ask that question to God. Well, can you do this, God? Is anything too hard for the Lord? So in Midian's in the in, in Gideon's position, looking at the Midianites, and they were a formidable foe. I mean, these people were eating dinner in caves. They were growing. They were like it's like back in the days when we were bad boys. They were growing their 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 um, plants in hidden spots so nobody would see it. Right? I mean, they were deeply afraid of the Midianites. I mean, there's no question about that. And he's like, how am I supposed to? I can't stand against these people, but we're hiding all the time from them. And God's only answer, his whole equipping was, I will be with you. And that's all you need. I mean, you have to understand, and uh, credit where credit's due. So a Calvary, the Calvary chapel pastor in Albuquerque once said to me, look, it, it doesn't matter. You know, we were talking about ministries and so on and, you know, how sometimes you take a stand in a different position or whatever. He goes, he goes, it doesn't matter. If you're on God's side, he says, God and one is a majority. That's a great line. God and one is a majority, period. That's it. And so his inability in himself was it wasn't even that it was invalid. It's that his ability in itself would have absolutely failed, except he was in partnership with God. And God doesn't lose. And that's what's important. It's not it's not doing it perfect all the time. It's it's doing it's who you do it with. In this case, it's who you know. In this case, is who you know, if you know the Lord, right? All right. Uh, answer to trivia. Who asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. The person that asked that was Peter. Peter specifically asked that. I think he's the perfect guy to go, well, how many times have I got to gotta forgive somebody? <laughs> seven? You know what I'm saying? He's the guy to ask that. Okay. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down When confronted by the unimaginable, look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18, 13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. 
Luke, this is out of Luke 119. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, how are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, nothing, with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 137, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. The Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Praise to him who is able, listen, this is Ephesians 3, 20. Praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is from John Piper, this, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits that you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it. It's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. Amazing grace, how sweet oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Getting ready for our next trivia question. You will get a warning now, not a not a uh, foghorn warning, but the last question is exceedingly difficult on purpose. So if you guys are feeling brave, I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Uh, but this one is not as difficult. True or false, Jesus' mother and brothers wanted to take charge of him because they thought he was out of his mind. True or false, Jesus' mother and brothers wanted to take charge of him because they thought that he was out of his mind. Ooh. Oh, your family thinks you're nuts? Who's ever heard of that before? If you think you know the answer to that, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And then if you want to email david at hemustincrease.org, that's the email to do that with. Uh, two things that we have uh, on that. Number one, don't forget about our website. We always try to promote the website, but I know you guys are thinking, well, that's just because you want to give. Okay. A, number one, not true. 
If you ever get anything from us, if you even buy the book, like the book is free, or if you get the other copy, it's 99 cents, or if you get the $6.95 one and you don't like it, tell me. We'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's how we're going to do it. So it's not for that. It's to be an encouragement. That's why we want you to go to the website. Check out the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, again, the trivia question true or false? Jesus' mother and brothers wanted to take charge of him because they thought that he was out of his mind. In the meantime, while you're waiting on that, we're waiting for people to respond on that instead of history because I blew it the other day. <laughs> Don't you love it when somebody makes a mistake? At least you know, hey, I'm not the only person, right? All right. This will be, by the way, Hebrew. So uh, we're going to do our Hebrew word. Here we go. Hebrew. There you go. Matzah balls. Okay. Uh, We always think of some Hebrew something. I was thinking about that the other day. They had showed a picture. I got to say, this is funny. They showed a picture of the of the uh, the supper, the Great Supper, the Last Supper. And they showed uh, if it was uh, done by an Italian family. And then they showed there was like a thousand plates <laughs> on the table, right? Just, just hold on with it. And I thought of, I didn't write it, but I did think of writing what the difference is between an Italian mom and a Jewish mom. See, not an Italian mom, if the thousand plates on that table would write, eat this food or I'll kill you, and a Jewish mom would write, eat this food or I'll kill myself. <laughs> okay, see, see that difference? Okay. Uh, Job chapter 10, verse 12, you have granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit. You have granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit. The word preserved is shamar in the Hebrew. Shamar. You want to preserve. Shamar. It means to guard, to keep, to protect, to preserve, to watch over, to care for, safekeeping. It occurs about 450 times in the Old Testament. Shamar. Preserved. You are shamar in the Lord. You are preserved in the Lord. Okay? Okay. Great. Fantastic. All right. We're going to get into our text, but last chance for you to be aware of it. The trivia question, true or false, Jesus' mother and brother wanted to take charge of him because they thought that he was out of his mind. In the meantime, we're going to go into this text again out of Judges. Again, Gideon, because this portion is really, 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 really important. Uh, it's even got a title that I gave it. Typically, I don't give DDD's title titles, but this one has it. It's called We've Got Good and Plenty. And for those of you who remember, uh, Charlie said, love my good and plenty. Charlie said, really rings a bell. Ding. Okay. Judges chapter 6, verse 13 through 14, Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, Hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not sending you? This text is, it should be something we know. I mean, everybody should be kind of not just aware of the story, but you should, if you mark in your Bible, you should have this all marked up. Here in Judges 6, Gideon is asking the most honest question. He's like going, okay, well, if you're with us, then what's with all the disaster? If you're on our side, why is this horrible? And then he re- references, you know, people in our past were saying, well, the Lord did this. He brought us out of Egypt. He split the sea. He did this. It's like, well, that's fantastic. But what's going on now? We're getting, we're getting in, we're in trouble here. We're getting slaughtered here. We need help. And then the Lord says this bizarre statement, which I think is amazing, because the Lord says, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the power of Midian. And it's like this is just prior to what we talked about, about how you do it. You go in the strength of the Lord. You do it in a partnership with God. But I want you to understand something as a Christian, as a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, there are certain things that you need to be aware of and hang on to that you are not allowed or should not be allowed to let go of. Let's talk about the first thing that comes out of 1 John. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He that is in you is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that hovered over the water. It's the Holy Spirit that's, that, that breathed life. It's the Holy Spirit that brought about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Are you kidding? The Holy Spirit exists in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. You have all you need because God resides in you. You are not God. He resides in you or abides in you. And the key is understanding. This is Ephesians 3.20. Understanding there's mighty power that works. As now the him is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine. According to the power that is at work within us. It's inside you have it. You have the Holy Spirit. You have resurrection power. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go. Oh, then now we're doing this under the authority of Jesus Christ. Exactly. We have the power to believe, to prevail, to choose in everything, in anything. And then when people have, what happens is we get caught up. And this does happen, and we get caught up, and there's a bondage, or something happens, or something sets us back, and we forget, you know, passages like Galatians 5 1, uh, if, if, that the Son has set us free. If Jesus Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. God doesn't do half hearted work, okay? He doesn't give you, well, you know, you've got this uh, task in front of you, I can give you about 70% of what you need. That's not how it works. And all of this abides and resides in you. This is not, God hasn't just placed himself in you and then pops out of you and go, boy, I'm so mad at you. I'm not talking to you. Zips. The Holy Spirit lives inside you because you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart by faith. And now the Holy Spirit actually lives in you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. You go on the strength you have. What strength is that? The resurrecting power of Jesus Christ that lives inside me. Oh, that's pretty good. 
Well, you go in the strength you have. What power is that? The authority of Jesus Christ, who holds all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. And what we do is we think of ourselves in deficit because we are ill, uh, ill in our thinking. That's a nice way to say it. I mean, Gideon is like, well, this happened, this happened. It's like, it's like that. You you almost know that the angel wanted to go. You know, you're talking about the God that split the Red Sea, right? He's the one that's telling you to do this, right? I mean, you almost like get that sense of what's going on. You can't read that into it. But what I'm trying to say to you is, there's a whole bunch of heaven already operating inside of you. Got that? It's already happening. You're not coming behind in anything. Now, are you tapping in? No, most of the time not. Most of the time we're so tapped into our own selfish whatever universe that we rarely see the power of God. But I am declaring as simply as the word of God declares. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the resurrection power. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. You have the power to believe, prevail, and choose. You have the power to, to be free from the bondage that's been... You you know, some people who listen to the show, they're in like a bondage to fear. You don't have to be. I'm not telling you everything's going to be perfect, but some people are really, really in a bondage to fear. You don't have to be. I mean, Jesus came to set the captives free, and he's living in you. I think there's accessibility there where you can go, I'm not going to be in bondage. You have the ability to make some of these decisions. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What do you mean, Dave? What do you mean you will fear no evil? Thou art with me. The Lord's with me. I'm not going to be afraid. I mean, how fantastic to recognize that God journeys with us. You know what? In regards to deficit, you don't have any. You got good and plenty in him if you access, if we access, not just you, me too. But we can if we choose to. Okay, trivia question. True or false? Jesus, his mother and brothers wanted to take charge of him because they thought that he was out of his mind. True. Uh-oh. True, Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Okay, Mark 3, 20, 21. All right, take a short break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break, don't go anywhere. Moving is hard. It's a moment that everyone dreads. But wait, there's an answer. Jesus can help. And for the moving parts, Men of God Moving is there for you. Men of God Moving is a full-service Christian moving company that is locally owned and operated, serving the entire Dallas and Fort Worth area. Men of God Moving helps with homes, apartments, offices, long and short distance relocations, and so much more. They offer packing and unpacking services, loading and unloading, assembling and disassembling, plus many other helpful services. Tell them you heard it on the David Spoon Experience and receive a substantial discount. Substantial means a whole bunch. Call them at 817-707-7672 or go to their website, menofgodmoving.com. That's menofgodmoving.com. And check them out on Facebook. The Lord's Word says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. 
Ephesians 6, 7. Allow men of God moving the privilege of serving you. And listen to Johnny Hill, the owner, often on the David Spoon Experience. To hear his testimony, reach out to men of God moving. Johnny's testimony will move you. God bless. What is the David Spoon Experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and, and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Ready for a tough trivia question? Tough one? You guys thought the last one was tough. (laughs) That's T's way of telling you you better get ready. What was the name of the Pharisee who invited Jesus in for a meal? Oh, ouch, ouch, Spoon, come on. What was the name of the Pharisee who invited Jesus in for a meal? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I was to say, Joanne and Cordelia, you just can't stop these guys. You can't stop them. Good job, ladies. All right, so if you think you know, you can call in if you are uh, feeling uh, good about it. Uh, if you are curious, uh, hang around so you can hear it. You, like I said, simple, straightforward question. What was the name of the Pharisee who invited Jesus in for a meal? Wasn't that nice of him? Ha! Okay. Kirk coming up second place right there, though. Boy, when they come in that fast, you just start to love it. Uh, That's that. That's that. Is there anything else we need to cover? I think we've covered most everything, right? I hope so. Okay. 
Uh, I will tell you that uh, tomorrow's message, I think, is going to be very special for you. Don't forget to check out the website, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then uh, we did make corrections already. So because of the gals and because of Don and other people, we've made corrections. Uh, although what Don did was the same correction as the gals. That's all done. All that stuff's already done. Uh, so, But don't hesitate to send them to me because I can upload them anytime. So I love that because it just makes it that much better. I mean, nothing is more Nothing was weirder to me than seeing we were getting ready to make a move, and it says M-O-V-I-E, so it said movie instead of move. <laughs> Don't you love print? All right, let's do this last portion out of Ephesians. Uh, that should be pretty decent. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But that is not how you learned about the Messiah. But that is not how you learned about the Messiah. Assuming you heard him and were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus. But that is not how you learned about the Messiah. Assuming you heard him and were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to say a few things that will some people will send me. I've gotten emails on this already, so I'm not surprised. It's okay. You guys can send me emails. If you say nasty things, I don't really pay attention. Okay? Here's the bottom line. The truth is in Jesus. The truth is not in other faiths. It doesn't say in the beginning Buddha. It doesn't say in the beginning Muhammad. It doesn't say that. It says in the beginning God. And God Clearly, and especially according to Psalm chapter one, verse forty-eight and four, uh, uh, Psalm one forty-eight and forty-one forty-nine, chooses Israel to communicate His word, and in His choosing, He makes known the type of God or the type of being He is, and He presents Himself as a Father, He presents Himself as a Son, and as the Holy Spirit, as we see throughout the New Testament, and the Trinity is clearly taught in the Old Testament. If you want to get into that sometime, we can, but it's there. Here's the issue. The issue is other faiths do not hold the truth. It's not even that other faiths are all, you're, like they're, everything they say is just like evil in that sense, but it's evil in the context that it leads you away from the truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again. Here's the truth. The truth is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The truth is the wages of sin is death. The truth is the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the truth is that God showed his love for us while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. The truth is if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The truth is that everyone calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no other faith that points to empty bones. There is no other empty tombs. There's no other faith that points to a relationship and a connection with God wherein God loves us and he's not just our Lord and our Savior, which he is, but he's also our friend and our dad. And we love that about our faith. This is what Paul is talking about. This is what he says, but this is not how you learned about the Messiah, assuming you heard him and were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus. Here's another thing you better understand. The truth is not in science. All this follow the science stuff, it is so ridiculous. It is just not to be believed. Follow the science. If you follow the science 
20 years or 100 years ago, you'd drill a hole in somebody's head in order for them to not have a headache. Do you want to follow the science then? No. They used to say smoke a couple of cigarettes so that you can relax. You want to follow that science? No. Science is changing on a continual basis. It's not that science is wrong to pursue, but science without wisdom is foolishness. I cannot say this any clearer. I cannot make this any more important. They have, in almost every category in life, created political agendas all across the board. There is not consensus, and there hasn't been for years, just in case you're wondering. It's not the last year or the last two years. It's not just since COVID that they're having issues in regards to scientists and what their conclusions are. This has been going on long before that and long before the global warming uh, war and long before that. But science is not the answer The truth is in Jesus. Science will continue to grow, and it will continue to uh, expand, but the truth is always the truth. And cultures change, people change, different kingdoms change, science changes, but the truth never changes. And the answer is Jesus is the truth. The truth is not in nature. It's not from the squirrels. The truth is not in a lion that wants to eat you up. That's not where the truth is. The truth is not in any other place, but in he who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The truth is in Jesus, period. Now, does that mean that all these other things, there's nothing that they have to contribute? No, doesn't mean that at all. God is God made man in his image, and there's some great things that come out of that. Absolutely. But along with that come a lot of corruption and sin and ridiculousness. And the truth of the matter is, or the honesty of the matter is, if you saw the the pure the the a person's heart laid open before you the way that God does, you would know that not everything that's told to you is of pure motive, not everything that's told to you is of the purpose of 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 uh your well-being by humanity. Only the truth in Jesus is there for everything that he has to say for it to be a blessing and an advantage for us to embrace. Other people try to communicate false truths, lies, and it's not difficult for you and I to conclude who is the father of lies. It is Satan. And every time they try to promote a lie, they're just operating with Satan. You think, oh, the Satan, that's so silly. Guy in a red suit and he's got a pitchfork and he's got horns and a tail and... Boy, Satan is so smart, he's got you fooled because you think that's what he looks like. That's the classic right there. The enemy is active. He's, uh, he's, he's utilizing the world system, and your flesh can easily attach to it, and that's where Satan takes advantage, which is why you're supposed to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That's why you were born again, so you can walk in the newness of life and not the old man. Out of all these truths that come around, and they will come around again and again, and governments will come around again and again, and I will predict right now you'll see an increase in division, an increase in, 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 in natural disasters, an increase in animal activity. You'll see all of that stuff will happen, and it will not change this one simple thing. Redemption is in Jesus Christ, 
and Jesus Christ alone. And if you want to embrace the things of the world, you can. You can also make the decision not to get on the lifeboat called Jesus Christ. It's a bad decision, but you can make that decision if you want to. Paul said, but that is not how you learned about the Messiah. I assume, or I'm assuming, you heard him and were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus. If you want to figure out where knowledge and wisdom is, it's in Jesus. If you want to understand the fullness of the intent and the purpose and the, and the structure of the law, you see Moses and Elijah on the hill on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is up there with them, and God the Father says, this is my son, hear him. You want to know what the truth is? Listen to Jesus. All the other stuff you're going to hear is noise. And the majority of it is just a lie. But remember what we said earlier, smooth talkers. Smooth like butter. You stand in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if people don't like it, here's your reply. Tough. Nobody else has a heaven to put you in. Okay? All right. Answer to the trivia question, what was the name of the Pharisee who invited Jesus in for a meal? The answer is Simon was the name of the Pharisee who invited Jesus in for a meal, but didn't treat him with great respect. That is a fact. All right, we're going to take our break, and then we'll exit and talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Most of my life it feels like I've been running, running and running. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.